All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Greenbox Gaming Plays Delta Green Impossible Landscapes. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Joe. I am joined by three very good friends who I don't have anything, you know, sideways or backhanded to say about because uh, I don't have to. I feel like it's pretty obvious. I'm joined by Brad <laughs> playing Hank. Hello. I'm joined by Dace playing Benji. God, I'm so high energy. <laughs> yeah, he is. And I am joined by Jean playing Benedict. Hello. So, so before we got recording, before we went live, there was a, a brief conversation on um, on some of our are particularly like one of the kind of odd jobs that I had in my past uh, that led to some very interesting situations. And I was wondering from you guys, like, what's like a job that you've had that led to some experiences that you never expected? Like, I I feel like I, I know Dace and Brad's background decently well, but I don't know what anything crazy ever happened while you guys were working in college or even Brad, what you do now. Like, is there? Hmm. I mean, Alaska is pretty wild for me. <laughs> oh, that's mm. Oh, God, I completely forgot that you spent literally a year as a, as fishing in Alaska. Well, a season, a summer a season. season. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That was just like a cool experience. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't digging stuff out of people's butts. like <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, the, I remember when you told me about what are they called? Ghost fish or zombie fish? Oh, like the, ghost dogs. Yeah. Ghost well, salmon in general. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Wait, what? Uh, What's a ghost at salmon? At the end of the season. Listen to this shit, man. If I remember the details right, um, it's salmon that have already gone upriver to spawn, and then they come back out to sea, and they're dead. Like they are dying, they are decomposing, but they're still moving. Oh, wow. and they're like white and rotting, and the smell is god awful. Like their like their body is just like, oh, I've spawned now, I've reproduced. Nothing I'm just left. not going to heal and grow. Yeah, and wow. so there's you you get them in the nets sometimes, and you go to uh, you know stick your thumb up the gill and like work work them out of the net, and they just disintegrate oh. in your hands. That's so it's brutal. Gnarly. But they're wow. like alive still. They're still uh. alive. If you can technic if you can call that living. So right? is there like a shit ton of just like dead there has to be a shit ton of dead salmon to just wash up on shore at the end of the season? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's maybe the worst thing I've ever smelled. Wow. Well, just like the whole are there like whole stretches of beach that are just like smell terrible, like for like a period of time? Like if you're in yeah, one of those the areas. Place I was at, there's like a one area in a cove, like at the mouth of a river, so you know because the river's there, that's where all the that's where all of them were kind of focused. Right, right. You just didn't go down there after a certain time in the season. Crazy. Jeez. Do they uh, probably right, attracts a shit ton of bears too, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Would the bears yeah, eat there's that? There's so many hairy gay men. <laughs> <laughs> just down, of the more, they're just all down there. Like, look at this crazy sushi ghost bar. Fish. <laughs> they just. <laughs> oh man now that's that's a wild one and i don't know it's like and i guess that just probably wasn't on the brochure yeah. when you were looking at yeah. going up there certainly not yeah i don't know uh what about you brad you got any you got any any cool ones 
None that they I don't have to be body talk, horror level uh, of stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something fun. <laughs> I can't think of anything <laughs> interesting slash fun. Uh, skip, dude. You Go. got so many stories from. Well, I don't want to dox the place that you worked. Are you yeah, talking about the maybe I the medical to... place that he worked for a yeah. while? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> maybe none of them are appropriate to share, but right. Yeah. That's the you thing. You got stories. Yeah, but I don't want to stop saying <laughs> um, what about Go to Jean. What, maybe what I'll think. You, I'll think of one here. Yeah. What, what about What about you, Jean? I, dude, I can't top zombie fish. Like that's that's a fucking hard. Well, it's act not to about. Follow. It's not about topping zombie fish. It's about even, something that like my life the is other not other. that interesting. Um, <laughs> Bullshit. You made in college. You made um, the the glove. Well, this wasn't really a job. But it was job adjacent. The glove that you made. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I made like a virtual reality glove, and it wasn't for sex stuff. To be clear, that's the first question everybody asks. <laughs> oh, okay, it no was for science. Right, Roger. Okay, it was for like handling hazardous materials, and it had like what? force feedback on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It had like like haptic feedback, like you could feel when you grab something. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's some futuristic hmm. shit. Nice. Still yeah. it somewhere up here. Well, it's I. I guess that you know that's like the. I don't. I. I don't know shit about virtual reality, so I guess I'm don't have any room to talk about it necessarily. But like, I guess like at some point in time, that will be the next stage. It's like, how do we create something where, where you can reliably grab something in a virtual mm. space and it feels like you're holding it? Um, I think yes, but if it hasn't happened already, then it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's been around for so long. It's totally possible, and right. I don't think it's a thing right now. You know, something that I was really surprised to see when I was in the military is they have like the like the idea of having like a station that you stand at and you have like a virtual reality goggles on, but you can like run around on like a pad and stuff like that. That stuff has existed in military training environments for like ten years. Oh, really? Like, that makes sense. Yeah, I um. I How do you do a barrel roll, though? You, you, you don't. Okay. <laughs> it, it turns out, not a lot of barrel rolls in I combat just... for the average <sighs> infantryman. <laughs> You're telling me Star Fox has lied to me? <laughs> Give them the razzle-dazzle. Like, that'll... They'll, they won't know what to do. <laughs> no, because when we would be training in the tank simulators, um, the dismounted infantry simulators are like right there with them um i'd work with some guys who used them they say they're okay you know that's gets mm. a job done but yeah cool no no i don't know brad brad you you come up with anything couldn't think of anything interesting just uh, see brad's life as a janitor has not been that <laughs> interesting <laughs> i've i've watched scrubs like one of my favorite characters <laughs> is a janitor so you're just lying yeah. to us <laughs> stuffed army of you squirrels see episode is, you guys see that episode of scrubs where the janitor takes over as the head of the hospital for a day <laughs> i missed that one how'd i miss that one it's a classic that's one of the best he's one of the best characters mm-hmm. he's like like him and like creed from the office like are, have a very similar vibe to me like they're just kind of this just kind of adjacent to what's happening but just an absolute agent of chaos i saw something yeah. the other day that that the guy that plays creed was actually in like a like seventies rock band back in the day. 
great <laughs> so like it, it's his character of being like this crazy like old washed up like party guy that's done all these drugs is not far off from his real uh what happened because i forgot what else look him up it's kind of interesting yeah yeah <laughs> yeah how about but, you joe yeah joe you got any well you know it's uh which is looking back around am, to the butt stuff the butt stuff yeah naturally uh like and that's it was all professionally um there is always consent involved uh you know so that's just put that out there payment for services rendered payment for service insurance even insurance paid for it which is the crazy thing surely uh, that's duress though like can you get consent from somebody who's in a lot of pain needs something removed from their butt mm. uh <laughs> i don't know that's there so, so what we're talking about is like when i was in when i was in college the first round i worked as a lab tech as a pathology lab tech um at a regional hospital and man oh man the amount of stuff that needs to be removed from people's butts it, it's it's pretty staggering sometimes what's the craziest thing that somebody had put up their butt uh okay so this wasn't something that i saw specifically but uh we my the pathologist who actually like was over the lab um had a some type of rodent that had been removed from someone's ass in a job. literally the south park episode L- literally what? literally the thing where people put <laughs> rodents gear, in their butts and he had one on a shelf in his office literally the and- lemmy winks episode of south park <laughs> <laughs> No, and I asked about it. Like, I remember, like, I would take him, I would take him specimens, or you know, I like take him paperwork, and I saw it, and I was like, "How did?" And he just like, and he was like this very sweet man, like very quiet, like very kind, like a uh, guy in his like sixties, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, it's probably what you think." <laughs> and just, <laughs> Do you think he used a funnel, a funnel to get it in? Uh, I, to get it in? Yeah, I would surely. Sure. <laughs> oh like, my god! One of those spectra, what you call it? That gynecologist, like a uses. speculum, like to... speculum. <laughs> anyway, so, speaking of putting uh, things uh, where they well, don't belong, uh, we here did we not are. have banter. Yeah, let's get uh, <laughs> may have been better to not have banter. <laughs> Let me winks. <laughs> Let me winks. Adventure of Let me winks. God, that's, I gotta watch that again sometime. <laughs> All right, speaking of putting things where they don't belong, our <laughs> heroes, our crew, has found themselves even deeper eyebrows mm. uh, <laughs> in this night floors type situation. Benji, Hank, and Benedict have found themselves having been ushered into the Dorchester quote-unquote world where they were patients, where they had experienced this whole other kind of delusion, this whole other hallucination of a life outside this place as, of all things, Delta Green agents. Um, Part of a conspiracy to save mankind from, you know, the unnatural, whatever that means, you know. Um, And as you guys were imprisoned in this or found yourself in this facility and kind of fighting between the what is real and unreal entire lifetime of memories versus what you now have with the Dorchester 
you began to see things kind of becoming apart the edges. Um, you guys first encountered a few different people. Asa Darabondi, of all people. This odd character, Sunshine. Uh, Leland. Uh, you encountered Dr. Uh, Dr. Friend. Dr. Maximo Friend. He's your friend. He's your doctor. He's taking care of you. And I'm sure he's not, you know, mysterious or nefarious in any way. Um, you guys uh, saw a hallucination or a delusion, perhaps, of Lundin, Henry Lundin, in this place, uh, even caught a glimpse of Abigail Wright. As you guys engaged with the group therapy, you saw that things even here maybe aren't what they seem, as you saw this image of Dr. Friend uh, seemingly, you know, bathed in glory and resplendence alongside an even larger and more resplendent throne. You guys met Mr. Wilde, who told you that he knew the guy who knew the way out. And then you guys completely circumvented Mr. Wilde as you started to engage with Deborah Carver, a figure, a, a person who spoke to you about using something called Melonia and these golden bugs that you guys have encountered as some type of drug. And she told you, oh yeah, you need to go see King. King Bile, a, the name of a demon that you guys had heard of before. Oh yeah, you guys need to go see Bile. You guys follow her into the library and spent the last two episodes, the last full recording session we had, trying to navigate that space. You guys ran into one of these mannequins for the first time. You ran into a creature called the Paper Tiger. Uh, you found Ham again, of all things. You encountered the strange sleeping man. You even saw a past version of yourselves. Not in the library, but in a similar place with stacks of books in the bookshop. Hmm. In an act of... Was it desperation? Was it an act of desperation to, uh... To let Benji loose at summoning a demon? Like, uh... Just seemed right. Exasperation, probably. It just felt right. I think we can all agree, just felt right. Um, you guys, you said, you're like, all right, fine. Like, let's, we're supposed to find this king, this demon, this bile. Let's, let's bring him to us. Let's do this ritual. You guys did so. And we're surprised to see something was indeed manifested. Um, what's his, what is his name? Is it Timothy Bile? Is that, is that his name? Uh, you are surprised to see him appear, a patient that you guys had actually seen files on in the Dorchester and you were originally investigating the hospital. And I don't know, your interaction with him kind of kind of blew the, the hinges off as far as what you're doing. You know, he told you all of the world is a play. The play is also a play, but the play is also the world that we're all playing parts and you know and though he seems to have some type of knowledge out beyond himself maybe even some power and I will remind you of the thing that you saw when interacting with uh, King Bile this he seemed to have almost this translucent like image of a crown actually floating above him like seemingly placed ethereally upon his head you know which is an interesting experience. He tells you 
he tells you that not only does he know the way out, but that you guys need to get out. That you guys need to get out because your part is to get out. That is your part. And that not only does he have a way out for you, he has a way out for himself. And that if you want to come, you can come. You guys had to say goodbye to um, to Ham. And I think there was a realization there that maybe you weren't seeing Ham for the second time, that maybe you're actually seeing Ham for the first time, as far as Ham's concerned. Anyway, mm-hmm. as you release him out into the night floors, which is where you met him originally. And uh, Bile says to you, uh, just as we closed last time, you know, that you guys are just in time as he pushes the doors open to what looks like a dark theater. So, that being the case, that being kind of where we're at, I actually want to do something a little different. I actually want to ask you guys, as far as your characters are concerned, as far as, as, far as Benji and Bennett and Hank, what are, what, what are these characters thinking? Like, in this moment... You know, we're, we're at this place where this this enigmatic figure, King Bael, has, you know, told you, like, this is the way out. This is where we're going. Uh, you've just been told all this, kind of about the nature of reality. And, like, I don't know, like, is that sinking in? Do you believe it? Like, how, how are we feeling here? How do your characters feel <clears throat> right now? This is probably the most exciting thing Benji has ever seen. And I would imagine his mind would be racing to take advantage of this situation to ask this person, this being, the most valuable questions in this limited amount of time. But I, Dace, as a human, am too stupid to think of the right questions. <laughs> Pardon that me, the some, music just it's, it's, shifted. That it's that's not some what I meant music. to happen. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh! Oh, shit. oh shit's going down. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> All right. Is Benji English. about to fight us? <laughs> Benji turns toward Hank. He says, I've been waiting to do this for a long time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> for those who don't know what's happening. we got to uh, cut this music in. Yeah, the because on the... Uh, <laughs> on the uh, well, the thing is, is that on the intense. recording, they'll hear different music <laughs> later. Uh, okay. Pardon me. On the on our live game, <laughs> some battle music just started out of nowhere. I don't Ooh. even know why that happened. <laughs> Pardon definitely me. doing something different there, Joe. Segway to <laughs> roll for Segway initiative. Segway to Benji turns around. He's like, all right. He's covered in blood. <laughs> Fred okay. Boat wants us to fight. I see. Yeah, it's, it's imminent. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so Benji's kind of so there's there's that kind of disconnect between you as Dace and Benji, mm-hmm. like him as a literal expert in the occult would know the right questions to ask. Right. Hell, he's probably heard of King Bile before. He might have fantasized about this exact situation, having a conversation with a king of hell. Right. With a hamster up his ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this would be, I mean, certainly, this would be an opportunity of sorts if that you're into that kind of thing. I don't know, like with Benji, with his sanity where it is. Do you think that Benji is starting to lose the plot? 
like just like as far as like the, the state of his mind? Um, no, I think it would manifest in a different way with Benji. I think it would manifest in him being so focused, having tunnel vision on the quest. Like he's completely drank the Kool-Aid now. He's like, oh, it's a play within, within a play within a play? Sure, of course. It always has been. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it has. It has always been, yeah. Yeah, that's... um. So so Benji's in. Mm-hmm. Benji's ready to go. And that's probably how his insanity manifests. Yeah. What about Benedict? Where's, where's Benedict at? I think Benedict is at a kind of Jesus-take-the-wheel moment. Because he, he really wants to protect the group and he really wants to actually make it through this, but he's also deeply skeptical of what the hell's happening and doesn't really feel like this is the reality that we came from. But he's conflicted as well because the shit that we came from wasn't all that coherent either with the night floors and everything else. So at this right. point, I think he's kind of just letting it go, but deeply skeptical at the same time expecting to wake I think, up I think these guys are on the opposite side of Jesus and they <laughs> yeah. have the will yeah yeah <laughs> well you know it, this came up Dace did you did you listen to the last Sandy check it just released like a day or two ago but no I haven't had a chance to there was a part where these two were talking about their characters versus Benji and how Benji is kind of like their their king and yellow detector <laughs> he just a lot of times he just is kind of like out there in front just like beep 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 beep, beep, beep. like like, like, just like, like a he's like a canary in a the canary, cold yeah. like a bird dog he's like a bird dog yeah <laughs> just let him loose and <laughs> tail goes rigid and his snout turns upward <laughs> you, you know, know you know he's what you got, boy what you got <laughs> yeah well and There's something over there <laughs> well you know and so benedict and so benedict in this place it's like I don't know, it sounds like Benedict's not really engaging with the content, and just like at this point, it's just kind of, I don't know, not giving up. Not not giving up, not, not giving up. Not giving in. up, no. But kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And maybe, the, I don't know, man, like maybe that's the best you can do sometimes, right? You know? Maybe that's it. What about Hank? What's Hank's feeling? I mean, to your question, has he accepted this as supernatural yeah obviously like i think he's like believes in the supernatural at this point for sure i mean he's on the stats wise he's just on the brink of the breaking point so he's not right had a sanity break yet so i don't think he would buy into like necessarily everybody's playing their part like there's essentially no free will type situation going i don't think he would uh you know, buy into that at this point. He's yeah. mostly, you know, he still has a, wants to, you know, is using this as an opportunity to get out or wake up or get back to the reality he knew before this and trying to find Abigail if that presents itself. Yeah, so it sounds like that there is, like, this appreciation for, like, well, this is obviously unnatural, but Hank is still so focused. And we, and we, talk, we talked about this Again, like we talked about this with Hank. Hank kind of has this touchstone of, like, get to the real world, try to find Abigail. Like, that's kind of what keeps him grounded. He has that point, and he kind of 
keeps at least one finger on it at all times. Right. Yeah. I don't that might not be a way a bad way to do deal with it. Okay. Alright. Well I'm, I'm glad we get an opportunity to see into the psyches of our people. You know, so you guys are standing here with Bile. Um Ham has just run around the corner, ball in hand. You hope that he's off to devour some finger sandwiches, you know, in the in the night uh, in the night world, in the night floors. And as you guys Right as Bael, as Tim goes to push the door open, there's the sound of a gong. Like, just this huge, resounding, reverberating sound right as he begins to push the door. And the sound of of rapturous applause all through the theater. It comes pouring out and envelops all of you. Let's thank you for that, (laughs) Jean. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, For those of you... For those of you who will miss that on the recording, John just did the uh, applauding uh, emoji through Twitch. Anyway, um, so you guys, you guys look in, and at the very front, and it is a theater, it is a huge theater, and at the front is a well-lit wooden stage. It's got these plush burgundy red uh, curtains hanging over it, and you see that seemingly, like it looks like the place is like damn near full. I mean, you see, you see the silhouettes, but again, it's dark. You see the silhouettes of what has to be dozens, if not hundreds of people, like all sitting and clapping. And just as the door opens and you guys begin to peer through, the there is a sudden break in the applause. It's like there's, it feels very natural, and then whoomp, it's gone as you guys peer in. Um, Bael, I told you that you, he says, you know, he's like, you need to follow me, okay? Follow me, follow my lead, do what I do. It's really important, okay? He holds a finger to his lips and gestures you to follow, and he begins down the, down the aisle toward and he seems to be making a break toward the front row. As he starts to walk away, Benji's like, uh, Just one more thing. Uh, is God real? <laughs> he, uh, he stops for a second, seems to weigh the, weigh the, the, <laughs> the, the pros and cons of answering that particular question, and then just again puts a finger to his lips. <laughs> Thinks better of it. <laughs> and just kind of waves you like, follow me. Shit. Um, but yes, the the audience seems to be pretty damn full, and he he's moving, but the way he's moving, he's not moving as if he's just walking down the aisle of theater. He's kind of crouched down. He's kind of crouched down, almost as if he's trying to sneak, and he begins to make his way slowly down. What do you guys do? Benji's gonna follow him. Yeah, I'll follow his lead. Same. Okay. You guys but it. I will do this. Go alertness check to gain some insight to the audience that's here. Oh, I wouldn't okay. look at that. I would not look at Probably that. Oh. Mannequins, right? It's just that's mannequins. It's going to be mannequins. As far as the you eye see, can see. You know what? Jean? Jean gets it. Jean gets it. 
<laughs> what was that so, roll? What was your alertness roll there? He got a success there. <laughs> under 70 success. This is a bad time to go insane, Hank. Roll me that Sandy check real quick. Uh, Damn. Let's go ahead, let's go oh, ahead and get that it. Sandy check out of the way. Success. <sighs> All right. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> All so right. what does Hank you, see? So the other two of you, Hank, you know, maybe maybe you're kind of at the rear of this little group. And you you look around. And as you do, you do not see mannequins. You do not see mannequins at all. Um, rather, there are, as you're looking through, and it's, I mean, it's a host of people, and they all appear to be real people, and they're, you know, and like, sitting there in different clothes, but they're, they're people from all over, all over time, all different places, but you begin to pick out some faces that you know. You see the face of your ex-wife who died in 1995 from breast cancer. Damn. You see a partner who you had who was killed in the line of duty. You see one of your quote-unquote sons who's sitting there. You see people. You see, you see the guy who runs the hot dog stand that's outside the marshal's office that you go to all the time. Like, you see mm. people. You, maybe you see your grandmother. You see people all over your lifetime and they are all rapidly like engaged in this empty stage like they are staring with intent some of them leaning forward just a little bit expectation uh, go ahead and take you did succeed your sandy roll so go ahead and take one sandy damage but put it to the side put it over there somewhere else and just put you know sanity damage that I've taken but don't apply it to your sanity quite yet. Just what put is it to the this? side. It's a what special. It's special. Debit card no, sanity. I, I wouldn't advise looking at the audience. <laughs> you the door. You hear, you hear. You hear from somewhere in the audience. You hear a shh. You hear. You you hear yourself being. You hear someone shushing you. You guys make it to the front you follow by L and he's you know you know that thing you do when you're moving in front of people like at a show or in a theater where you kind of get down you know he's still kind of doing that and completely so Joe we're, we're not on the stage we're like in no, the no. audience front row yeah you're in yeah. the audience yes you're, you're making your way down from the back of the theater right with you you get down to you get down to the front and by L he, he motions you and the whole front row is empty and there's a little sign on it. And like the little rope, you know, across the seats that says reserved. Mm. Uh, and there are, coincidentally, four seats that appear to be just just right there. Dead center. Dead center? Dead center. Golly, this is some real theater of the mind. Yeah, look, lucky you. Uh, you are there brochures in, or anything? <laughs> like programs? Yeah. <laughs> No, they're not. Uh, they? They're not. <laughs> no, there's copies of King in Yellow. It's uh, but you guys, you guys sit down, uh, and Bile, you know, kind of motions for you, and he takes a seat too. He put, he folds his seat down and just kind of gently sits in it, uh, and kind of motions for you to to follow him, and again puts a, a finger to his to his lips. What would you uh, do you want to join him? 
I guess so. It's, he's motioning for us to sit in the seats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ben, Benji gets comfortable. He gets out the crinkliest, loudest bag of candy he possibly... <laughs> like, like, why do they serve that candy there? It's like, <laughs> it seems like a bad call. I, I imagine you open, like, a whole paper bag of popcorn, you know, and just... He, no, he's got a... Yeah, he's got popcorn wrapped in tin foil. <laughs> <laughs> Individually. Yeah. He, like, pull, he, he pulls out a he pulls out his own like camp stove and starts popping popcorn. Like, right there. You fellas want some of this? It's getting good and hot. You turn around and offer it to the figure behind you in the row. As you no, guys there is a, there is another gong. Um, and it reverberates all around you. I mean, it's like it's loud enough that you can even feel it in your ch- in the chair, like vibrates. Like it seems to not just be a sound, but almost like a presence throughout. You know, the, the material of the theater itself. And a figure moves in from stage right. All of you have seen this figure to some extent. Some of you more than others as a child-sized clown wearing bright theatrical kind of like jester's outfit and a pallid white porcelain mask begins to move out in this slow methodical kind of dance in one of its hands is a a long paper mache origami kind of feel white paper dragon that it pulls through the air all around itself as it dances slowly. Yes? I I I don't know if I ever told Hank and Benedict that I saw this. I don't know know if Benji did either. Under my breath. I saw that creepy little fucker 20 years ago (laughs) in that park in session one. It's in session one. In episode one. I've seen this too. I think it's directed by David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) It um uh, go ahead, uh Benji actually, go ahead and make me a sanity check as you as you put this together. Uh gladly. And I don't think the other two of you ever actually saw the clown. I think, I think so. we have, honestly. Actually, like, make me an intelligence check. Think, the other two. I think of you. you saw it in a painting. Yeah, I think yeah, it was like a paint. We didn't see a vision of this necessarily, but give me an intelligence check for Benedict and Hank. Tell me if you pass or fail. Uh, failed my sanity check. All right, go ahead and take one sanity damage. Put it in your special pile. Your special sandy damage Hank pile for got a success. And Benedict. Okay, both of you remember something. You remember when you went to the encounter group that on a small table off to the side as you were being given your robes was a child-sized set of outfits and masks that are precisely the same as what you're seeing right now. There is this orchestral tune that kind of comes up from nowhere. There is no orchestra pit in front of you or anything, but the music seems to envelop you from all sides. It's a slow, droning 
song. It's hard to even call it a song or music. It's just this weird, like, melody. But it doesn't feel like any instruments or set of instruments that you're really aware of. But it dances precisely. The little figure, again, like child size, like four feet tall, like swirling this white paper dragon around it. And Bael is watching closely. He's watching the paper dragon as it moves around the body. Um, you succeeded on your alertness check, didn't you, Hank, earlier? Mm-hmm. Okay. As you're watching this, and maybe maybe Hank looks over to Bile, sees Bile, his eyes specifically following the dragon as it swirls around. Hank, you too look up, and you see that you notice that as the, the clown is dancing and the dragon is flitting around, you notice there's almost this haze, this slightly reddish mist that is almost moving up from behind you as from the audience and is almost being pulled towards the stage and the dancer. Mm. And as the paper dragon trails around, it, it like cuts through the mist and the mist disappears as if it's being sucked in almost. Do you and, and after you see it, you can't unsee it. Like, it begins as if, like, it's almost as if the clown and the dragon and the dance almost become secondary to this, I can't, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a mist or fog being pulled up and toward the stage and into the mouth of this dragon as it sweeps back and forth throughout this strange entrancing dance it's coming from Benji's campfire popcorn right yeah that's <laughs> oh it's burning oh no oh it's burning <laughs> shit oh wait but Benji likes it like that that's why he's one of those people uh, Benji would be a burnt, burnt popcorn guy burnt wouldn't po- he how dare you put that on me <laughs> Bael as Bael looks at you or Hank, you maybe you realize that Bile's looking at you, and his eyes are wide, and your eyes are wide. And he sh- he nods at you, like, "Yeah, you see it too." Hank goes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "Shakes his head." <laughs> nope. You guys, I just pictured that Jack Nicholson meme where he's like, "You know what I mean?" I'm talking. It slowly goes in. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, nope. <laughs> oh, it's like, or uh, oh god, what is, what is the one with a Nick Cage, in the where he's in the car with the guy where they're on acid, and oh, the guy just looking at him like, like with a big happy face, and he just slowly turns to him. Pedro Pascal, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bael whispers to each of you. You know, he's like down on the end. You guys are all sitting next to each other, and he kind of leans forward, Mister. He says, he tells you, he says, we have to wait till the end. The exit's close. You have to wait. So you guys sit here for a little while. Is there anything you want to do or you want to say while while the play continues? Because it's go it goes on for we'll say it goes on for what feels like probably about like probably like 20, 30 minutes or something like this. Just this Damn. The 
with the with the music reaching crescendos and then changing tune a little bit into like a, a little bit of a different dance, but always this slow, methodical melody. This is uh, not Benedict's cup of tea, so he's uh, this is not his art. So he's going to be a little distracted and like yawning and like, <gasps> and he's going to check under his seat. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, and you get a car. And yeah. you get a, it's bees. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. You. <laughs> okay. This you, is how he you dies. Check, okay. You check under your seat. Okay. Yeah. You check under your seat. And as you do, you realize there is you maybe you lean down or you reach down and there's there is something under your seat that's like built into the seat kind of um and as you feel it it's hard to really know what it is are you gonna like re- like bend down and look underneath the chair or yeah i don't think he was going to use his hands he's kind of like awkwardly crumpled over to go and look no not his tongue it's <laughs> not licking the underside of his seat yeah. no it's the only yeah. way <laughs> Underside to really experience the theater (laughs) with your tongue, you guys kind of notice, and Bile doesn't stop you as you kind of get down and look, or maybe you just bend forward. There is, you look underneath the seat, and there's almost like a like there's pipes underneath the seat, and you see that dripping down, like maybe kind of, maybe even down the floor. You know how the floors of a theater are sometimes sticky. You know, mm-hmm. the place hasn't been cleaned well. You realize now there is like a bit of a sticky residue, and you see that there are these pipes, and they appear to be positioned as if they would, I don't know, like bubble some type of liquid or gas up into the seat. And there is, from your seat, or maybe the seat next to you, there is a slow drip of a dark, thick, reddish brown fluid. Um, Dripping from the bottom of the seat? Dripping from the bottom of the seat. That seems to come up through these pipes. Is it coming from me? No. Did you shit his pants? You haven't pissed yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You have not shit yourself. I'm sorry, guys. I got to figure out what's going on. I I knew. Where's the bathroom? Where's the usher? (laughs) (laughs) I I just love the, have I shit myself? Like, if that's that's not an RPG question, if that's not a tabletop RPG question, I don't know what it is. Just the idea of somebody... Shitting themselves, <laughs> like slowly looking down, oh. like horror movie ass. Oh my god! <laughs> what have I, I, I was thinking. I think you should leave Skit where he sits on that whoopee cushion and it farts in the room. He's like, "I'm sorry, guys. I got to figure out what's going on." <laughs> I did not think we were going to talk about shitting ourselves today. I just didn't think we were going to get there. Look, there was. Stuff dripping from my seat. That's what I would. By think. the way, okay. I, I, I just want to point out. I did describe it as being primarily red and kind of reddish brown. So <laughs> I what's going on? I, hey. I don't think Benedict's <laughs> eaten any fiber recently. So <laughs> who knows? Incontinence is the real horror story. <laughs> he really needs to balance his macros. Jesus. Okay. He's going to think I shit myself. <laughs> He's going to have all of these horrifying thoughts in his head, oh, God. but not lose sanity for it. And he's going to, like, 
crunch up on his seat, like just more huddled, like his knees pulled to his chest, trying not to touch the floor after what he's seen. <laughs> just not wanting to touch anything. Well, fair, you know, and it's like, and maybe after you see this, maybe you're now paying attention and you hear a bubbling, gurgling sound behind you in the row behind you. Um, you could turn no, around and check it he out. He does not. No, nope. uh, he uh, just shakes his head. He's sure. like, mm, mm, mm. that sounds really interesting back there. I'm sure it is. Just, I'm just sure it is. And he, Benedict, and not me. Get he's a real like, good mm-mm. feel for what's going on. Yeah. Nope. There's no metagaming. This is just Benedict Damn. being like, nope, don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, fair. And I, I really do think Benedict at this point is just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. nope, the less mm-mm. I see, the better I am. Just kind of. And he's just happy and shit himself. <laughs> you know what? This is such an interesting juxtaposition to where Benedict was at the beginning of our game, where he was like all bravado and like, I have no time for this. And now he's in a fetal uh, position in the chair, just like, Yep. Nope, no more. Nope, no more. Nope, just waiting to just wake up. Grateful that he hasn't shit himself. <laughs> like the bare minimum. <laughs> it's, you know what? You don't appreciate the fact that you haven't shit yourself until you shit yourself, every, all right? Like, <laughs> folks, every day, wake up and be glad you haven't shit you yourself. Haven't sh- <laughs> I can't believe this has happened. Anyway, uh... <laughs> So does does anyone else do anything, or does anyone else say anything? Like you know, uh, Hank, you're probably you're probably next to buy all, and then Benji's probably in the middle, and Benedict, you're on the you're on the end. Hank's gonna just he's already seen enough in the crowd, so he's just gonna like look dead ahead and like try not to look around too much, or even you know definitely not try to observe more than what he's seeing yeah, on stage. Too. Yeah. Do we all hear the bubbling noise? Um. Yeah. I would say if you're not. Benedict specifically had something like if you we'll say that if you want like if you're just like if if Benji begins to pay attention to something other than the stage he will hear it too let's say Benji taps the person is there anybody in front of us or are we front row no you guys are front row and there's no one in the row with you okay you, you could you could turn around it's you know it's uh <laughs> it's right back there I However, am metagaming, and I will not turn around. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, what, what's Benji's feel? What's his feel? He's probably engrossed in the play. Yeah, he's probably he's enjoying the shit out of it. obsessively, and this is the first time he's ever seen it live. Ooh, go ahead, make me an unnatural roll. I would Ooh. love to. It would be my greatest honor. Tell me what you get. Eight under twenty-eight. Wow, madness! Benji is watching, and you, and maybe at some point in time, you observe the mist as well, right? And you're watching, and you are paying attention to the pattern of this dragon as it's dragged through the air, and you see something that no one else does. You see the yellow sign in the pattern, innate in the way that this thing dances around, and you see the dragon as it's devouring this mist and you realize you realize Benji that symbol, that yellow sign that day in Washington Square Park everyone, whether they know it or not, everyone saw that symbol Everyone 
saw the yellow sign. People walking their dogs, people playing with their kids, people playing street instruments. Everyone there was exposed. Whether they know it or not. And you know it got on them. You know it got in them. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And you know that it was already in you. And you find yourself, Benji finds himself with a very odd, I would say, state of almost calm. Knowing this. It's always been this way. Wow. Benji stands so, up and applauds like Shia LaBeouf at the end of the <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Just like, just applauds hard. Oh, there, I mean, there's no, like, Bael looks at you and his eyes are concerned. He doesn't stop you from applauding. He looks at you, and he's hes almost surprised. Maybe not concerned is not the word. Maybe it's surprised. hes He kind of gives you like a knowing nod. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Anything else in these few minutes before the end of the play? Maybe even Bael kind of leans over to you and says, says, It's almost over. Be ready. What are we... What? For ready? What are we... What? For, ready for what? You're gonna follow me, okay? Just be ready. Like, like real fast. Not super fast. Just don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Just like real slow. No, not real slow. Just, just be ready. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> be, be cool, man. Just be You're cool. You're embarrassing me in front of our new friend. <laughs> He's a king. This is not your friend. This is not your friend. He's not your friend, Benji. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> So, there, the music rises into this grand crescendo, and, you know, and as you know, anyone who's been to any, like, you can tell the music is coming to an end, and there is a moment where the music rises, it hits its peak, the dancer, the clown, makes a sudden flourish and a bow, and in a, you know that sound, that, that sound of like when power goes off, that electrical sound of like, as like everything turns off all at once. That sound as everything goes pitch black. And all of you for just a second can all hear that gurgling sound for just a second, then and it dies down to behind you. And you hear the sound of the dancer moving off stage right. You hear the sound of footsteps, light footsteps, as they make their way off. Then you hear something that sounds like... I don't know, it sounds like a... It sounds like something hitting... Something or someone falling to the ground, kind of like a clunk, 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 like a clunking sound off to the side of the stage. And it is... Almost complete. It's completely dark for just a moment, and then the house lights come on. The lights in the audience. No more light on the stage specific. It's all the lights just shoom come back on. Any of you who, I mean, you can't avoid noticing. None of you can. You are now alone in the theater, and the entire audience is gone. Yeah. Is Bile still there? Oh yeah, he's still there. Is it time? 
No, you all realize you've pooped yourself, and he's gone. Um, <laughs> and so Bael, he uh, he stands up, and he, his voice is still low, and he kind of still has that stance of, like, he's, like, creeping. He says, all right, follow me. And he makes his way around to the side, and there's a small set of stairs that go up onto the stage, and he goes up onto the stage. Okay. Benji follows him. Yeah. Okay. As you guys get up on the stage, you see Bael, he begins to move toward offstage right. And he <coughs> holds up a finger or like a hand, telling you guys to stay there on the stage. And you guys all peer around the curtain and you can see offstage right. The dancer, the clown, is on the ground, like twisted and contorted, not like it's been broken, but like it just crumpled in a heap. Like, you know, just lost animation and just and just ragdolled onto the ground and like it's joints in uncomfortable looking positions. And the white paper dragon is there as well. Bile creeps up, creeps up ever so carefully and grabs the tail of the dragon and slides it away. And there's a moment where the clown's hand is still on the handle of the paper dragon. Bael eases it away and as it comes away from the hand he pulls it a little quicker and he kind of bundles it up in his arms and walks towards you guys. Oh, I want to take that fucking clown's mask off so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, He he kind of keeps an eye on the kind of inert, inert body of the clown as he comes center stage and you guys where you guys are bathed in light and he says he says like give me a hand with this and he begins to tear the dragon apart and is anybody gonna give him a hand why are you we need to get out of here why are we tearing this paper mache apart he says this is the way out this is the patsu yeah, and a patsu, what does that mean exactly? Uh, it's... It's... Do, do you not... It's the it's the play. The play and the clown and the dragon and the patsu. You don't know what the hell he's talking about. No. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> yes. But he turns to... He turns to you all and he says the dance is the creation of the play uh, someone finds the the bottle of the author in the cave and they bring it to the masquerade the author learns about the king and the story and the dragon is the yellow sign the stage is the world the dragon creates the world and eats the world. The patsu is the world. And it eats and lives to justify itself. Is that not clear? Like, how, how could you not get this? <laughs> well, I, I don't go to theater much, but... It's <laughs> uh, a little highbrow. It is a little highbrow. Yeah. He begins to tear this thing apart. 
even if none of you help him. And he pulled, but in the middle of the dragon is a glass and metal container um, that completely violates the way this thing was just floating through the air like a kite, almost. Um, that it obviously is weighty. It's like a big container. It's like I said, it's glass and metal top and bottom. And it has this roiling red-brown liquid in it that seems to almost defy gravity in the way it moves and sloshes about the container. You've seen one of these before. Actually, you've seen this twice now. These containers. Once, you saw these empty containers at the encounter group. You saw containers just like this. And you also saw a container like this being loaded by Dr. Maximo Friend into a kind of pneumatic tube system hidden behind the painting in the Dorchester facility after Asa had gone to have the Patsu removed from him. <clears throat> so help me, uh, uh, Hank, realizing that he's seen this before, he's like, I've seen this before back at the uh, mental health facility. He called this liquid Patsu. How can the world and this liquid be Patsu at the same time? Because we... Because they take the Patsu out of you. They take a part of the world out of you. It's, it's how we get out. He holds up the container in front of him and twists the top off it. And he holds it up in front of him. This is how we get out. We gotta drink that shit water? <laughs> he's like, and he kind of, uh, he kind of, you know, uh, well, you know, he's like, ah, yes. And before any of you can do anything, he lifts it to his lips and takes a great big gulp of it. Just goggle. And in a moment, in a moment, he is gone. Benji, you find yourself inexplicably now holding the container. Uh, I'd like everybody to roll that sanity check for me real quick as we just uh, observed old Tim blink out of existence. Successful Benedict. Crit for Hank. Success for for Benji. Success is all around. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, the the crit isn't going to make a difference here just due to the nature of the mechanics. Uh, each of you take one sanity damage and put it in your special pile. Your special side pot. Sanity damage for special boys. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like it one bit. <clears throat> Alright, so Benji's got this jar in his hand now. You do, but as you kind of see it in your hands, you hear something behind you. Okay, you turn around. You hear a wooden-ish clicking, clunking sound as... Fucking man, I can come back to finish this off. <laughs> you see... You all turn to stage right and see the clown come up off the floor as if it's being picked oh, no. up by the strings of a marionette. He just kind of floats oh. up and then comes back down on its feet... And it's hurry up with that shit jerks toward you, and there is no time. There is no time as the clown begins this slow, methodical, 
creeping, jerking dance toward each of you. Oh, God. As Benji, it shuffles towards you. Drink it. And, Benji, as you are standing here, all of you feel something within you. It's animalistic. It's, it's bestial. It's instinctual. A deep and absolutely unbridled terror. As just a moment ago, this four-foot clown now appears to almost be six feet tall. <laughs> and it is coming ever closer. And the only thing you can hear in your heads is run. And, and that, my friends, is probably a good place to stop. Oh, my God. But I didn't take that thing's mask off. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it wasn't satisfied things, with its performance. It was not. You know, it's... You know, a lot of things could have happened. You know, you could have pooped yourself. You could have taken the mask off. <laughs> you know, life is full of regrets, you know? And uh, and I think that that's... Uh, I think you guys did an okay job. But, guys, thank you. Thank you for joining me for this session. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Thanks, thank Joe. Those of you... Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, those of you... I can't wait to see what happens for, uh, for next episode, uh, which we're actually going to do right here because we're going to record our next episode but those of you listening those of you watching thank you for joining us uh if you really like what you hear really like what you see want to support us head on over to our patreon it's linked down in the uh in the description of wherever you're listening wherever you're watching uh you can get for uh just three dollars a cup of coffee you can get the episodes a week early also we just released something we released all of our uh our music to our patreons you know we have some ambient some original ambient work which is done by our very own brad um nice yeah and that's some pretty cool some pretty cool tracks there and like and somebody had actually <laughs> had requested our our theme song because they wanted to use it as a ringtone uh because they thought it was that cool uh so that's sweet you know, that stuff is available for our patrons um, but otherwise, uh, hit up our social media stuff down. Uh, we really appreciate it. Something I keep forgetting to remind you, our wonderful listeners. Uh, if you're listening and you're at, <laughs> you're at episode 35 of season two here, I'll assume you're liking this. Uh, it would really help us if you could go over to iTunes, you go over to Spotify or wherever you're listening to this and give us a good rating. It would really, uh, really give us a, a hand up and uh, get us out there for more people. Yeah, we promise yeah. we don't talk about poop next time. No, I can't promise uh, that. I will not I, make that no, promise, my no, no, friend. No. That is. <laughs> Give the fans what they want. Give them what uh, they want. Yeah. Come on, those dirty, Such a prude. fetishists. <laughs> Such a prude. <laughs> All right, guys. Again, thank you very much. And uh, everyone uh, watching live, everyone doing that, uh, we will be back here momentarily. We're going to take a break. Uh, for those of you listening, watching later, again, thank you very much. And as always, remember, please, stay safe and stay sane. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.